This is the, the Daily Demon Podcast. It's been a long time in coming. For those who aren't aware, the Daily Demon goes back to at least 2004, probably 2002, which 16 years of blogging makes it like you know, 160 in dog years, 160 years in dog years. I've been listening to podcasts pretty much since they came out, big fan, so I thought, well, the natural segue would probably be to go from the Daily Demon to a Daily Demon podcast, so that's what we're going to do here. Yeah, you have to bear with me as I try to stumble through this, but basically, it's going to be a weekly podcast where I'm going to kind of review stuff I wrote about during the previous week, but I'll probably elaborate on it, so it'll be mostly just kind of a ad hoc going back through the the past five days of writing um, again I plan elaborating quite a bit it's not just going to be just reading from from the text so we're starting off with Monday Monday readers may recall that I, I wrote about my my perfect group of days you know I every every summer I enter a summer with this idea that it's just, it's just going to be a wonderful summer and yeah, I usually have a pile of, of summer reading I'm going to do. Um, and regular readers know I work in the garden quite a bit. And I'm going to write books. I'm going to get the articles written. And it never happens. It never, ever happens. And I think it just comes down to the simple thing. I, I take quite a bit of vacation time, probably two and a half weeks, leaving. You know, I got to get, get caught up at the office. And I also have a fairly elaborate, you know, uh, garden that uh, – uh, my son uses to, my son and daughter use to sell flowers and and produce from. Um, it's not much of a money maker. We try to make money at it, but it's breaking even at best at this point. But those things get behind and just get really really busy. And and then on top of vacations, you have other just obligations. My wife and I come from a large family. She has five brothers. I have three brothers. Uh, tons of nieces and nephews. Great great people, all of them. I'm really blessed in that regard. But you want to spend time with them, and so you spend time with them on the weekends. That then jams the weekdays. So was, you know, with my law practice, I'm pretty busy during the during the week uh, enough so that I typically work probably five and a half days a week. If I can't get that half day in on Saturday, and then I don't get time in the garden, it all spills over to Monday, making that a hell hole. So anyway, but I reflect here that I have three weekends coming up. That's why I'm starting the podcast today. By the way. I have uh, three weekends coming up with no commitments whatsoever, and I'm really, really stoked about it. But the whole, the whole concept of you know perfect group of days—that's something I've struggled with for many, many years. I, I don't know when I first became sensitive to it, but I'm guessing in my twenties. And I came under the influence of a group of monks, a, a, a tradition called Hesychism, H-E-S-Y-C-H-A-S-M. Uh, if you look at a thing called the Philokalia, uh, love of wisdom, I believe it means, uh, from Greek Orthodox writers, and it's a five-volume set. Great, great stuff. I had the I had the whole set. I have not read the whole set, but I've read I don't know, I'm guessing two thirds of it, and it's voluminous, you know. For Catholics uh, out there, you know they have a handful of saints like Maximus the Confessor and others. For Greek Orthodox, I think most of the writers um, are saints. Oh, also uh, Saint John of Damascus, one of the last uh, Church Fathers, is in the Philokalia. Can highly recommend the stuff. But but they pushed for a life of quietness, 
uh, silence. Hesychasm it refers to internal silence. And I came under their influence. So I was always looking for ways to to find the silent life. And when my wife started pumping out kids, that was an awkward fit to say the least. It's a bad fit. He loved having kids, by the way. Um, wouldn't do it any other way. We had seven. I would. I wouldn't go back on it. Not. Not in a. Not in a New York minute. Um, but when you're trying to cultivate time for silence, and live the silent life, and, and the internal silence that has outward manifestations and stifling the outward noise, you could cultivate in, internal silence. Um, it's not a good fit. But then, as I got older, you know, I started um, coming under the influence of more of a, of a Western Christian tradition. And there, you read about monks and nuns, priests, who are very busy. You know, they, they live a constant busy life. I mean, you look at Benedict Groeschel. This guy was constantly on the move. Even after he got hit by a car and nearly killed, he, he, he should have died. He said it was a medical miracle. He didn't die. And you see what these guys did. You think, well, wait a second. That's not sitting in a in a you know a cell contemplating your navel. And I hate to say it that way, by the way, because I I think much highly, more highly the contemplative tradition than that. But it's like, so even these people who are semi-contemplatives are really wrapped up in, you know, in in active life, and much less me, who's not remotely a cleric or a monk or anything else, you know. It, I've come to transition here in my 50s, or early 50s, by the way, um, that yeah, maybe it is the active life we need. And I've, I started transition there probably 10 plus years ago, trying to embrace the busy life and just trying to, you know, quadrant time out for prayer. Um, I remember John Sr. once wrote The Restoration of Christian Culture. Uh, 1983 is when it was published. Phenomenal book. Highly recommended. I love it so much, by the way. A biography of John Sr. recently came out. And I have it on my wish list at Amazon. But it's 32 bucks. And I'm not, it's one of the things I probably ne- never end up reading. I'll, I'll try to talk about John Sr. in a moment. But John Sr. in that book talked about, I think I think it was tithing your time in prayer. He was talking about basically 10% of your time always spent in prayer. Well, that's 24 hours. So well, it works out to what, two hours and Forty minutes or two? Not now. It'll be two point four hours. It'd be, let's see. I build by the tenth of the hour, so it'd be two hours and twenty four minutes spent in prayer every day. What criminy? Um, and I once talked to a friend of mine who was a big John Senior fan. I said, "Do you think that includes reading?" And he said, "No, no, not study. It has to be actual prayer, maybe spiritual reading." Uh, no, no, if he was right, he is probably no more knowledgeable on these things than I am, but. Is this anyway? But it's yeah, but but still, so quadrant some time off, and then pursue the active life. But I find that you know, as we as we all know, it's just um, it's impossible to even do that. Quadrant off even forty five minutes doesn't work. So um, that's why I start getting frustrated and travel. You know, going out of town really really creates that crunch. Um, I hope my kids keep coming to see me and stuff as I get older. Um, you have those obligations, but yeah, travel, travel's hard. Um, when you travel, you know, that's a womp. It's just that that 72 hours or one week, whatever, is pretty much just sucked away. And it's hard to find time for prayer. And I guess it's kind of an art to be able to pull it off if, if you can.
So who was John Sr.? Well, I don't know. Um, I believe he's a Catholic convert. He taught, I believe, his literature, his humanities in general, at the University of Kansas. And I remember reading that, and this is 1960s, 70s, uh, there was controversy. So many, he started a program there that kids could sign up for. And I forget, like, the you know, life of integrated, or the integrated life or some such thing. I don't, I don't know. But basically, it was um, just teaching the truth. The truth that a lot of medieval theologians saw. And a lot of kids started converting to Catholicism. Quite a few kids became priests and nuns. Quite a few Protestant parents got pissed. And they complained to the University of Kansas. And there is some sort of dispute. That's one reason I want to get the biography and read more about it. But I, I remember reading that there was a problem because of what he did. And he did so effectively. And by all appearances, the guy may have been a living saint. Um, a very kind, loving man. It wasn't all the beating people over the head or they wouldn't have converted. As we all know, um, conversion or pursuing a religious calling is a work of the Holy Spirit, not the work of any man whatsoever. But anyway, so kind of interesting tidbit there on John Sr. Random blurb from the notebook on Monday said, Virtue and wisdom are the opposites of arrogance and ignorance. Uh, just as ignorance results in arrogance because a person is totally unaware of his lack of understanding, wisdom results in virtue because the wise person sees his inadequate understanding and thereby attains humility, which is the first of the virtues. Um, that was prompted uh, years ago. I remember telling uh, an acquaintance of mine, a guy in his early 40s, about this uh, this funny clip I got in the, in, over an email about this couple having sex in the bleachers at a baseball game just brought open to try to be subtle about it but I, I vaguely remember it I remember they're, they're fully clothed and all that they mentioned that they, you know, they came and security took them out and they were arrested and this acquaintance of mine kind of a jackass kind of guy um, very very arrogant he was outraged he said you know if, if, if they want to sex the bleachers they should be allowed to if people don't want to look they don't have to look <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was incredulous I was like it's like you know we're, we're, Talking semen on a seat that someone might sit in later. Um, I hate to, I hate to say, I don't like, don't like referencing the kids, but you know because government does all sorts of rotten things under the guise that we got to protect the children. But here you got to, you got to kind of protect the children. I mean, I've <laughs> been watching that, and you know, sexuality like that is kind of a learned behavior, and you don't want your kids learning that type of behavior and then the stands. Um, and, and no one should have to avert their gaze for something like that for crying out loud. But anyway, uh, this guy, he didn't say something like, boy, I struggle with whether under my libertarian principles maybe they should not have been arrested because they weren't hurting anyone else and it was a consensual. No, he was dogmatically assured that it was an absolute outrage that these people had been arrested for having sex in the bleachers. It, was, it wasn't in his mind even a point of discussion. It was absolutely ridiculous. Again, one of the most arrogant guys I've ever ever had the displeasure of knowing, but it, it, it's just, uh, well, I shouldn't say but, but I think that that's why he was so cocksure in his opinion, because he's arrogant, and it was ultimately ignorant when you think through it. Like, of course you can't have this type of conduct going on in the middle of a ball field. I think it's worth discussion as to whether it should be criminal. I, I think that's always valuable, whether any law, every law should be dis discussed as to whether or not we should even have it. That, that'd help an awful lot. We'd have... Um, city ordinances and the federal code shrink it out of nothing if people started thinking these things through and really start asking questions um, about whether all these laws are necessary but 
uh, allow that private sex in the bleachers, disorderly person, whatever it is, I, I think is a good is a probably a good one to have on the books, but not to this guy because again, arrogance, arrogance and ignorance go together, dislike, humility and virtue, uh, humility and um, wisdom go together. Okay, that's gonna be it for the week. I'm, I did not even get into a lot of the stories. Um, I'll be getting into it in the Daily Demon on this past week. Uh, but this is kind of a test episode. I, I expect maybe only I and one or two other people will listen to it. So that's going to be it for today. We'll come back probably a week from now with a more thorough and hopefully better podcast after I get feedback from uh, my test audience. Thanks.